swearing involved? Is there more bourbon involved? (laughs) (laughs) Double fisted. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm doing beer with a bourbon chaser. (laughs) Nice. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Welcome to Corona Tones (laughs) 3 Over Drinks Podcast in the Bunker End Times Redux Seven. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers indeed. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Here's to that. Should Here's should that. we should we do a roll call of what we have? Um, Shabuya. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Shabuya roll call. <laughs> no, yeah, I've been. I think we I've, should start that. Go for it, Garrett. I've been listening. I've been listening to uh, Questlove's uh, podcast, and that's how they started out. So. Oh, that's, I see. Yeah, awesome. it's a big production. So we're gonna get sued by them now. That's okay. That would mean they listen. So that's good. (laughs) Hey, that would like make my life if Questlove ever heard anything that I said. Yeah. Um, So what do you you got, Garrett? I got two things. I'm I'm drinking a glass of um, Beaujolais 2019 vintage by the Pierre Marie Chermet. Vineyard. Oh, we we got a we decided to support a local wine store this week, and so we got some good, good wine, you. including some wine from um, not far. I'm assuming from where Cherie lives in Traverse City, the Left Foot Charlie um, producer. Um, but this is um, we open this because for our seder plate tonight. Tonight is first night of Passover. We had haroset, which is like a melange of walnuts apples cinnamon and a little red wine and so we enjoyed we opened this and it was very good um and then i have Mm -hmm. when i'm done with that i have this ipa um called cloud 19 from the brew detroit brewery in detroit it's a hazy storm cloud because that is really close to their logo i wish i wish that i could get storm cloud but Washtenaw County, where I live, is not far enough north to get Stormcloud. For those of you who aren't familiar with microbreweries in Michigan, Stormcloud's a fabulous brewery <laughs> in Frankfurt, Michigan. Um, someday they will distribute to where I live. So Someday. So there we go. Or you will live where they distribute. Yes. That either, would be nice. Either one. <laughs> yeah. Cherie, what do you have? Okay, I have a lovely, I've forgotten the label, but I can tell you where it's from. Uh, I have a lovely red, it's a blend. It is from Argentina, and it's like really full-bodied. I don't like fruity reds. This is a very mm. full-bodied red with like a peppery base. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sounds very good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Jane. And I don't have a chaser. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one. Yes, you do. It's called the rest of the bottle. <laughs> It's waiting. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, um, I just have my standard 19 crimes Shiraz, and I opened the bottle for tonight, and it is the last of my quarantine stock, so we are going to have oh, to venture no. out tomorrow to oh. the liquor store and the grocery store. We're going to brave all of it. All es- of it. Yep. Essentials. Essentials. Mm-hmm. Essentials. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, um, I was hoping that Evan Williams would be joining us on this particular podcast, um, but even though Evan, adjective composer, collective member, is not here, Evan Williams is here in an alcoholic way. Um, 
Although all of my ice is gone, for those of you who were at the last <laughs> over drinks with us, uh, I do prefer my uh, whiskey and bourbon and things on the rocks uh, to dilute as much of the alcohol as humanly possible. It's gone now, but it's in there. <laughs> I mean, the water's in there. You still, yeah, it's still exactly, diluted. Exactly. Why would you do that to to the nectar of the gods? I mean, is it is Evan Williams the nectar? I mean, Evan. Williams I mean, just bourbon in general. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Evan Williams just standard fare. I wouldn't really consider nectar of the gods, but Evan, Evan Williams single barrel. Well, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. There you go. There you go. Um, I have yet again uh, Devil's Kettle Truck Wreck. Um, I've been going there pretty much every Sunday and Wednesday or Thursday, um, to fill up our, to fill up our growlers and keep supporting them. And then, uh, when that's gone, I've got Jefferson bourbon, Nice. which that nice. bottle, I have one more of that. And that's, um, like basically one more glass of that. And then that's gone. Danger, 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 yeah. very much danger. Yep. I saw that we just got a, uh. A message from Andrew Cody. Sorry, I missed this one. We've been having baby issues, and it's Holy Week, Aww. and I've turned from church composer into guy that knows how to make videos guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he That's will like he us. will not be joining us because he has to make some videos. <laughs> That's like yeah, all of us feel that one in our core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all of us went from being teachers to people who know how to make videos people. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mentioned earlier those tennis friends of mine we've been doing, you know, our version of overdrinks. All of the ladies are older than I am, and none of the ladies are tech savvy. And and so I'm saying things like, no, honey, your other left. No, the button on the bottom. No, no, down, lower, go down. No, I love no, it. not that. We, also, also, sorry. Also, Andrew Cody followed up that message no, with geez. what? Go for it. <laughs> I this read is it great. Already. This is great content. I that's, that's right. Totally what, reading it right now. Reading what? the internet. <laughs> Go for it. I doubt he's gonna hear this. I doubt it too. Go for he it. He also said, "Also, screw." I have to say his name. You, yes, do. you do. It doesn't make sense without his name. He he said also screw Eric Whitaker, not because of his music, but because he put it in everyone's head that they should do a virtual choir. Thank okay, you. Now now it's this fair. is actually fair. It's fair. No, it's actually fair. Um, good idea. Great idea. Ish. Not for everyone. Not for <laughs> no. everyone. And uh, not for, not for most ones. That's very true. And and not for the um, current budget. There are actually several adjective composer collective members who have been approached by people at their institutions, uh, in a, in some form or another, saying, "Hey, you know that Eric Whitaker thing? Could you just throw one of those together for us? We'll play a piece of yours if you if you do that." Oh gosh. <laughs> yes. The answer is no. You don't have we the don't, budget. We don't throw it together. I'm sorry. That's not how this works. I mean, it's the last time I tossed my hair and said, darling, you can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> In the most pretentious way possible. <laughs> There's no other way to throw your hair darling. and say, darling. <laughs> and it, it's know, not uh, just him. Do you guys follow that? Um, there's a Facebook um, group. I forgot what it's called. Something called like higher ed or something like that. 
Oh, and yeah. it's a place where people can chat and say, this is working, this is not, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people putting on there how to, they want to do videos like this. How do you do videos like this? Because they're getting some pressure from somebody. I don't know if they're putting it on themselves or getting it from an administrator. Interlochen's trying to do some videos like this, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm. Can, can, can we just teach the classes, please? They posted that we need the to budget. Teach? They posted the budget for that, um, that vir- the first, virtual, the first choir virtual choir somewhere on either Twitter or Facebook recently. And I was like, well, yeah, that's why we can't do this. It was, it was, it was hundreds, it was tens of thousands of dollars at least. Not hundreds, but probably tens of thousands this, of dollars. This, this makes me think about a lot of the discourse around concert streaming that's been happening in the last week or so. Because yes. yeah. Peter, Peter Gelb, the... Totally yeah. perfect and unassailable president of the Metropolitan Opera. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I, think he's I, listening, honestly. I just don't understand. It makes total sense that an organization with a $302 million annual budget, you know, twice the size of the annual budget of the National Endowment of the Arts, just about can't pay anyone this season. That totally makes sense. <laughs> um but he yeah. was he w- he was saying something like uh, free co- free online streaming is bad and all this stuff and there's such a disconnect between the product of a music performance and then the labor that goes into it yes. that sort of thing and and these like being asked to put in or like you know being asked like oh can you like write a fight song for our team or something like just nobody understand it's just it's so opaque i suppose but it's really not if you think about it i, I guess um well, and I mean, I, this is why there's a lot of issues with with like the neoliberal model of of freelancing in the 21st century because we have fewer union constrictions on streaming and sharing mm-hmm. recordings than orchestras do because, it, for example, with new music ensembles and, and groups that we've worked with, we love them. But at the same time, their work product is not as well protected and not as well supported and paid for um, as as the I mean, the orchestra union contract is is dense and very intense. And but it's been developed over decades and they're, yes. they're very well protected when it comes to streaming their recordings. Mm hmm. I was I was going back and forth like at the beginning of this um, before the Detroit Symphony uh, canceled their performances being like, why don't you just stream whatever you're doing? And then and they were like, well, we can't because there are more than 100 people on stage. And that's that's protect. It was Carmina Burana or something like that. Um, (laughs) And yeah, that was like the first week that things started shutting down and. So I I thought Carmina Burana would have been a very fun piece to listen to, you know. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. And, and um, DSO is honestly, you know, re- really good about it. Who's doing that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think's doing that? <laughs> of course, it's Rob. Yeah. Um, that was an excellent transition, though, to Cherie. That was very good, Tamberly. Yeah. Thank like. you. Um, and DSO is actually, you know. Their, their quest to become the most um, accessible orchestra in the world, you know, post-bankruptcy, it really supports this this current situation right now because they've, they're so well-prepared for streaming and rebroadcast, and, and they've been doing HD since before it was a thing. Yeah, um, and they've got a great app, like, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dom- yeah. Domino's Pizza has a great app, and then so does the Detroit <laughs> Symphony. It's very surprising. I, there's not much difference. I mean, come on. <laughs> can you? Can, no, I'm not going to go there. All right. yeah. And they're like back to back in the app store. I mean, you know, that's awesome if they are, but they're not. <laughs> they're not. I mean, I they're think close. I, wow. I I just want to make one more comment. Like, I think. In addition to so many things, like the failures of like a neoliberal find work if you deserve work approach that mm-hmm. are being being exposed right now, because like people in the gig economy have no security at this point. And, yeah. Um, as we all know and are experiencing in different ways, like it just makes such a transparent case for why stronger and like un categorized arts funding is really important like yeah because a mark the marketplace does value like what we do in a lot of different ways and i have i have a lot of qualms with trying to prove the value of music through the economic impact of the arts because i don't think that that measurement tool really accounts for everything. And you it's you don't like that angle, do you? <laughs> and it's, it's, well, it's problematic you, in a lot of ways. When you but, argue during this current situation that the arts sector is worth more than the transportation sector, but the transportation sector is responsible for getting everybody food, you have yeah. some really huge I- issues with your logical statements and proofs. Mm-hmm. And you got to just, you know, scale that. Right. Yeah. Reel it you, back you, in. Were, you were finishing that thought. Garrett. Yeah, sorry. Well, I I just what I'm I uh, what I hope for is that maybe this can be a moment like when things have calmed down and when we aren't trying to argue, you know, the the value of the arts versus people getting food and that sort of thing. Just pointing out like we need to support this more because we really value having access to the arts in times of need, and those don't always it, that that relationship does not always manifest itself in like a a transaction an economic transaction that's going to adequately compensate the people who are doing the work to make that art happen um and it, it'll be interesting so i i was appointed in in february to our city's first ever arts commission Oh yeah, I saw that. Congrats again. And thank you. It it was it, it was just like a shot in the dark kind of thing and now it's it's exciting but it's all been put on hold because of what's mm-hmm. going on. But I think I th- I think it'll be very interesting to see like not just in general the interaction between a government and arts and it's in the community it governs, but being hopefully I'll be able to make arguments like this in a context that will make a little bit more of a difference than a podcast. No offense, but... <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? That eye roll was really intense, Rob. <laughs> well, well wow. and I think that, oh. uh, that that idea, of course, goes back to what uh, Jamie talks about a lot with our composers, that um, you know the arts market, it's hyper-local. Like when you think about it, all these things are very localized and community based. It's a it's a social kind of thing. And yeah. and there's there's got to be a lot of support from the communities that that art benefits directly and or serves, I think. Yeah. Well, that goes. I mean, that's not necessarily just composer centric that that no. I teach that to the composers, but I learned that working for a symphony. When, mm-hmm. you know, you don't you don't really market outside of a 50 mile radius 
from your arts organization because you are serving the local community. Right. So. Well, and it, it's interesting to see, like, in the context of nationally known organizations like the MET or, to a yeah. lesser extent, the DSO, like, people who are using their technological advantages to, like, mm-hmm. keep content out there. Like, I wonder what direction this is going to go in, because it could be, like, an added bonus to what they already do, or it could be something like what's happened to Sports Illustrated or something, where you remove the expensive apparatus that has gotten it there just to have the brand propel itself for uh-huh. longer and with like a skeleton crew of some sort. Cause that's what's the influence on hedge funds and sports journalism. Whoa. Who thought this was going to go there? Um, <laughs> like Quality that's like what content. happened. That's like what happened to sports illustrated this year is like this magazine that's been around for decades and decades. Um, got purchased by a hedge fund, they fired like an enormous amount of the journalist staff relying on the fact that pe- that the brand identity of Sports Illustrated would, would have enough inertia to keep it profitable. The name really recognition high, of the brand. Really yeah. high rates. And like, I wonder like how much money in donations could the Met Opera get if they did half as many performances and did a lot more streaming? I think there's mm. con- contracts that protect them from uh, that protect the musicians from that happening, um, and yeah. and additionally, like y'all don't know how skeletal the skeleton crews are <laughs> already running these arts organizations. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty wild actually. <laughs> well, it's it's painful, and yeah, I'm not gonna go into it because it's obviously traumatizing. <laughs> right. <laughs> But and this is, it is this podcast is supposed to be an escape away from the trauma that we're all experiencing, <laughs> right? Right. No, but I, I mean, there's, there is different. <laughs> I've worked at a nonprofit organization. I've worked at multiple nonprofit organizations. I've worked for, uh, you know, uh, I've worked administratively for the university that we teach at now. Um, there's. Everybody is down to a bare bones crew because of 2008 through like 2012, 13 ish. And, um, you know, even, even, um, Philadelphia orchestra. I don't know that I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because I doubt they're listening. I interviewed there in 2015, right before we moved to Fredonia and, um, they had, created a position but the musicians had to approve the creation of administrative position they were not able to just add administrative staff willy-nilly they had to get musician approval because of their contract maybe this was dso instead now i'm getting them crossed because my a close friend of mine interviewed at dso the same week i interviewed at philly one of them was contractually obligated to maintain the same level of staff and they couldn't add any more with without musician approval because you know they they because of of the bankruptcy agreement. I, I imagine there are aspects of that, that that make that make a lot of sense where you have that buy in from the the kind of content creators, the people that are creating or responsible for the the uh, the art in general. Um, 
but it does create a bit of an issue on the administrative labor side when you see some of these people um, who are who are doing essentially three people's jobs because yeah. you know the person before them was was. Um, uh, moved away or moved on to a different position and you just don't hire anybody. It just gets absorbed and redistributed. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing that happens with between tenure track and tenure faculty at universities yeah. and and not and contingent faculty. When I was at Appalachian State last year in the position that I was in, I taught five classes the first semester, four classes the second semester, and had a private studio, <laughs> tenure, yeah. tenure track faculty have a limit. They can only teach three classes. And yeah. so they kept, they kept this position going. I'm no longer in the position because of a choice I made. And they, they just keep it going so they can throw classes at it because it's cheaper than right. having yeah. two tenure track positions, basically. Um, and, and, I mean, it's, I'm not blaming my colleagues. It's just, yeah. I mean, they could like all strike and demand diff- a change, but that, that's a big ask when you're only in a <laughs> one year contract, but um. well, they're, they're administratively, you know, if you don't eventually deal with the labor, um, miss, miss, um, use, I guess is a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. You'll just have a mass exodus. And then maybe yeah. your president will no longer be president. Yeah. Not that I have any experience with this whatsoever. This is this is going to sound weird, but in some ways, this is a great segue to the actual topic of this podcast, which I think Cherie brought up. There was a topic uh, uh, in there. No, there was. <laughs> I thought there was a great topic because because. <laughs> oh, Rob, Rob I'm sorry. I'm sorry that. Organic conversation is not as interesting as something that we planned and all like tried to arrange ourselves around. Who are you apologizing so, to? I'm, I'm being facetious. I know, to but give to who? Shit. Is it to me or Andrew? I, to you. Why? Um, I, um, I don't know because of the face you made. I don't know. I would. I would. What say, the hell? I, would I haven't say spoken I have... for ten minutes, <laughs> which is remarkable. Oh, so. you oh. can. You I mean, not really. Shirt. I mean, Garrett. Garrett has grown gills and and is able to speak without breathing. <laughs> that, is that is true. That is not um, a recent thing. The, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, but wait. In case it sounds like we're almost about to jump topic. Before we jump topics, because I like these topics. Oh yeah, fair. I'm enjoying these topics. So when we, when Garrett, when you were talking about the DSO and Carmina Burana, and it was not able to be streamed because of contracts the musicians had. I think that's what you said, right? Yeah. So it made me think about a couple of things and see if either of these things is of interest to any of you. Are contracts like this short-sighted in a time like this? Ooh. Like, like, do we need to be aware that this contract, that would have been fabulous content to stream to people mm. that, you know, and, and you make a one-time exception or a one-month exception or whatever you do, and then you go back to your regular contracts. Are, are we being short-sighted? And here's well, the other thing I thought, and then you guys jump in. Does this change our definition of community if we start uh, streaming this stuff? Right. I think we changed our definition of community about 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, like, I think most composers have moved to a, a place where 
if you want to be a composer anywhere other than a major city, you have to be comfortable with being a part of a, an online community. And Garrett, clarify this if I'm if I'm if I read this incorrectly. Carmina Burano wasn't not streamed because of contracts. It was not streamed because there was more than 100 musicians gathering on stage to do the performance. So, yeah, the way, I mean, I could go, this, the, inter, the exchange all happened on Twitter, so I could go Let's back and look at it. read the internet. But, but I, th- what they said, so I, I assumed that it had something to do with the contract because they were like, oh, there are more than 100 people on stage we can't stream it. It could be a technical thing. It could I mean, be that, a technical thing. But okay. that sounds. Okay. But, but but that they sounds have, more like a COVID thing. Yeah, it does sound. No, like but a they thing. but they were still having a public performance. This was before okay. they oh. stopped. Operating. This was before this, the limits of numbers. This, this was oh. before. This was okay. before we had a stay-at-home order and like official limits on things. This was a regular con- concert. Okay. What was interesting okay. about it is. MSU, uh, the University of Michigan, like all of the universities had already shut down like a couple days before, but I think I think they still did the concert because it was like a day. This all happened like a day before they had to do the concert. Okay. And so, and at this point, like the the Berlin Philharmonic had already opened up their digital concert hall thing, and right. and and so I was just like, oh, you you all have a concert coming up. Um, and one of the soloists is somebody I knew in college, so I was like, I'd love to come, but I'm not going to go to a to Symphony Hall like during a pandemic, even right. though like it hadn't been officially codified that way in Michigan yet. Um, and I was like, why don't you stream this? Because they usually stream like a, a couple times a month. They'll stream a concert, and they were like, we can't. There's more than a hundred people in the performance, so. Um, and so I assume that it had something to do with a contract. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would be interested to know. The, but the idea of this being being uh, short sighted, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you know, all all contracts exist in a in a state of of development. I mean, there's right. no there's no contract that's ever actually fixed. And that's why the renegotiation always happens and et cetera, et cetera. But um but I wouldn't be surprised if after this there there might be a few organizations that amend or or look to maybe make allowances for yeah or 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 some people kind of uh, jump on the bandwagon of hey you know this is a, a potentially untapped market to use a kind of economic capitalist kind of viewpoint on this thing and and put in uh, some kind of stipulation or language or clause mm-hmm. um, to to have some kind of alleviation although I know I'm not a lawyer but I know enough lawyers to know that that the the types of languages involved in those things get pretty um, interesting. Because uh, any vagueness in a contract, of course, uh, does not benefit the party that drafts it, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, but and, and the other thing is, is that sorry, Rob. <laughs> Rob, would you like to go ahead? No, no, no. F- finish your point you because talked. I'm gonna steer away from this. Okay. Um, I I think another part of the problem is you know Detroit does actually have a really good um contract for this, and that was part of their negotiation. But another issue might be that they didn't have the opportunity to vote on that particular mm-hmm. performance. True. And a lot of these are, um, you know, 
rebroadcasts of concerts happen all the time and the musicians uh if it's an archival recording and it's getting played on uh on a local classical music station they may waive their fees and say you know it's there's not no one actually making money off of this situation so we're gonna go ahead and allow it but there has to be a majority vote on that and there may not have been time in the circumstance so right Uh, i'll just Rob, I know you want to change subjects. I just want to say... <laughs> I, I have a comment. Add, it's not really a change, but go ahead. I want to... I just want to... I went back. I found the tweet. It was because it exceeded... They said, unfortunately, the number of artists and musicians required for this program would have exceeded 200. So uh, webcasting was decided against. Bad use of passive voice in that <laughs> But other, other than that... Grandma. It's very, I mean, that could be a lot of different things, but I, yeah. my, my thought immediately went to something contractual, but it could be technical, yeah. technical. or something. It could be, like yeah, that. it's fair. It's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So. Wrong. <laughs> so I am not a huge uh, viewer or listener of streaming um, concerts or anything. Um, I find them usually to be completely unsatisfying. Now, for those, I mean, Garrett, you've been watching a lot of this stuff. Jamie, it sounds like you've part. Okay. So is the quality any. I was going to say it depends on the sound quality. (laughs) Yes. So Um, is it any better? It, It seems like it's the, it's how you're inputting the signal. And then how you're exporting the signal and the strength <laughs> right. of that signal uh, is all variable. And this is my question. Does it, in, in, in this age of like, you know, everything is basically on demand, you can get anything whenever you want. Why does it matter to stream? Hmm. Ooh, can, I, can I say something? Can I expound on this <laughs> further? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. That was a no. You may not. <laughs> we will allow it. Because, like, I was I was on Instagram uh, just earlier tonight, and I was so Mike Berbiglia has been doing this like uh, Instagram live uh, thing pr- almost every day. I think where he gets together with another comedian, and they either write jokes or they talk about stuff, and they try to get people to donate to. Um, this organization that they've started called Tip Your Wait Staff because the wait staff oh, right. at right. comedy yes. clubs yeah. is obviously, you know, completely out of work right now. So they're trying to raise money for the wait staff at, you know, it seems like specific comedy clubs around the country, like really big ones. But anyway, he was on with Pete Holmes today and I saw that pop up in my feed and I was like, oh, I love Pete Holmes. I, I want to watch some of this. And it's on, like, I can watch it five hours after the fact, and I feel no different as if I was watching it in the moment. And in Instagram, you even have, like, you can try to communicate via comments or whatever. I assume on a live stream of a classical music concert, the uh, comment section is a little barren if it even exists. So I ask, (laughs) what is the point of streaming when you could just as easily upload a more polished and enjoyable product an hour later. I, so I relate it to the experience of like watching an NBA game. And if I'm on, 
the second screen experience of being on Twitter and like I know there are people who are also listening wa- also watching this game so I can be like oh that was an amazing play by blah 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 and then or like I could even search for it now the scope for these concerts is not that large but I've been watching a bunch of them and I find I'm only interested in either listening to like the radio stream or watching things that are live mm-hmm. because it just feels different to me. Like knowing that the people are performing with the understanding that people are tuning in from all over the world, like to empty concert halls, the Bavarian state orchestra had been doing, they didn't do one this week, which makes me worried that they've stopped, but they were doing weekly Monday concerts that they just pulled together programming of like whoever was around. So like very unusual stuff incredible performances like i heard the most beautiful hugo wolf art songs like amazing performances but it's all to like an empty room and they all know that like the audience is somewhere in a digital space and there's something maybe maybe i'm a little bit of a like sucker but there's something special about the sense of like they know like this is happening now like what they're they're performing with the expectation of an audience like in this moment and i've watched things that are pre-recorded and it's still good but it's not the same comes to back me. to community right yeah like like uh left coast chamber ensemble did a concert right when everything started shutting down and of course san francisco has been particularly um rigorous in their shutdown for good reason and, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know all of them all that well. I was out there for a couple of days. They premiered a piece of mine. They're all very wonderful people, but I'm close with Kurt Rohde, who, who, you know, runs the commissioning fund. And then I adore their executive director partially because when I finally met her in person after months and months of, of emails, she walked up to me and handed me two boxes of nerds and we were best friends. It's like, that's, that's it. We're done. She's the best human ever. God, um, I wish I had a drop from, uh, from <laughs> revenge of the nerds right now. Nerds! Um, but, um, edit in post, edit in post. There you it's, go. it's not the same. It's, it's not live. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't get our reactions. Uh, but, um, you know, I watched that concert and they agreed that, that it was really difficult for them. Uh, a couple of them posted on Facebook uh, uh, around the concert that it was really difficult to perform for an empty room. But they mm-hmm. knew that people were watching and that made all the difference to them. And and I think that, you know, we're used to not polished performances when they're live. And, and if we do have... Okay, um, yes. Th- this is a very good point. As somebody who performs musical theater on stage, mm-hmm. who probably has no business doing that, but I do it anyway. Um, <laughs> good for you. I love it. <laughs> first of all, there's the two different audiences, right? There's the audience yeah. that's with you. They're probably drunk. You don't care. They're so excited to be there. They're so excited you're there. You can do no wrong. You can squeak the high note. They're going to stand up and applaud you. And I'm telling you that feeds you in a way that you rise to the occasion differently. Yes. And then there's the very quiet audience that's with you, but you don't know it. Yeah. Right? They're there. 
but they're super quiet. It's the Sunday afternoon grandmas who have brought their kids like to the Sunday matinee. <laughs> yeah. And they're sitting very quietly and they might be a little sleepy because they just had lunch. <laughs> and so you don't get that same kind of feedback. And that seems to me closer, obviously, to the, the digital audience. Yeah. You don't get the same kind of feedback. And our performances go flatter. And we're trying. We're talking to each other backstage. we gotta, we got to bring more energy to this. But we're not getting the energy from the audience in that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, feedback there. So I want, I want to go back to the we're used to experiencing not polished performances. Yes, of course, we're used to not experiencing polished performances in a live situation, but we're not used to experiencing complete degradation of audio quality. Okay, well, I don't. These are two different true. things. Exactly. They're Those two are... different things, and which, is, which brings me to my point. <laughs> Of why <laughs> streaming? Why does streaming but, matter so if it can't have, replicate? It, it but like you, it. I don't care if you play some wrong notes, but it. it I want to feel like I'm there. You know, it has to be. It has to be good audio quality, and which is I'm so gonna, lacking for so many I'm, of these things. And I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring up a big name who's also not going to listen to this, but the pianist Igor Levitt has been doing like daily streaming concerts or something oh really i didn't know that he must be using his cell phone and it is off it is awful the i mean the performances are he's a really really good pianist i he did one of these and then the next day he performed on one of the bavarian state orchestra ones which was an hd and beautiful and perfect and it was so Hmm. much better but but like you can't you need to have that infrastructure in place right and that's the only way that you can get close to overcoming the physical distance Mm -hmm. um and because i think like imperfections like i the minnesota orchestra they did they like live radio broadcast their last performance during all of this and it was um one of the Rachmaninoff piano concertos in the Leningrad Symphony. Well, and like please tell clear- me it was Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. two, actually. Yeah, Stop I think I'm, I'm pretty sure okay, I brought this up on an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the clarinetist, there's a clarinet solo in the Leningrad Symphony. Oh, don't I know it? The clarinetist like squeaked. Yeah, yeah. And that was an imperfection in the performance, but it was really meaningful. But right. the mean the meaningfulness only came through because the technology was there. Right. Ex- Honestly, I've seen some some of our Fredonia students give some really heartfelt performances over live that have the shittiest audio, and they're more meaningful because these kids are without community right now. And I I mean, like, I watch most of it. I watch well, most of those. Okay, but I, okay. I don't care about the audio so much with a girl and her guitar. And but she's... that's that's different. Yeah, it that is than, that like, is different. You have a, a personal connection to that person. Pianist. But is it? <laughs> but is it? Is it? Okay, I want to try to see if I can get at your question, and and I'm gonna fumble over this. So you guys jump in and help me if you see where I'm going. Um, so a lot of the the a lot of stars have been doing stuff online. I don't, and I'm not just talking classical music now. All different kinds of performers, all different kinds of music. Yes. Yeah. And you see them in their homes and you see them without makeup and without lighting and they're sitting at their keyboard or they have their guitar in their lap 
and their pitch is maybe not quite as good as it usually is when they have their audio guys with them, right? Mm-hmm. Or or the song, is, the tempo is altering or, or, or changing. Or, but But my point is, we're all in something together right now that makes that a very real, tangible kind of thing that to me is almost more important than the perfection of the beautiful, if we go now into the classical world in the symphony hall, and there's a place for both things. There's a need for both things. And in this moment, the need is to see the person in real life without all the bells and whistles on their face, without, you know, the the best performance, Mm -hmm. but what we're in this together as opposed to, I want to go see the wonderful perfection they can do when we're all out of this. Yeah. I don't know if that gets at your question of of when we're not in a pandemic, what's the difference between them, but when we are... Well, you know, well, you know, this this gets at a bit of a... This kind of gets at a bit of a threshold of of something where... um, There's a... There's a market equilibrium to go back to capitalism. No, there's a... There's a... Wow. There is uh thank you, Sharif, for at least laughing at that. <laughs> I almost spewed wine all over the computer. <laughs> um, the the idea here is there's some there's some point at which if there is not at least an infrastructure at some level to communicate, it doesn't matter what the content is, the the effect will be diminished. Uh, at the same time, if you have a really, really high infrastructure quality, but the content is lacking energy or spontaneity or life, you're going to end up having a performance that feels flat. And so I mm-hmm. think what we're what we're getting at is essentially a lot of, of similar kinds of things uh, where there's a certain kind of maybe technological audio infrastructure threshold that is needed for effective communication but then on another level, there is also like like the content, the community, what is this for? All of that kind of is is I don't want to say a separate argument totally, but but a, a, another avenue. Oh, Rob McClure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last uh, maybe last Friday, maybe the Friday before, I just happened to be on Instagram because it's the only uh, social media I really look at anymore. But I saw that my friend, my really good friend, Rachel Coates, um, uh, was she has a duo. Uh, she's in Nashville. She's a bass player and a guitarist and a singer. And uh, she and her duo partner, they were going to do a like Instagram live and Facebook streaming, whatever concert. I was like, oh, cool. I'll tune into that. I did not care in the least that the f- sound was not so great. I have a personal connection to her. But one of the cool things that they were doing was, hey, send us your requests. And since I know wow. them, I know yeah. like I could say, hey, I know this song is in your wheelhouse. Why don't you take a crack at this? And they did it. And it was beautiful. And they did they did another Sarah McLaughlin song, which was awesome. The point was there was interaction. So, Jamie, you were talking yeah. about community. I don't know if there is community without interaction. Mm. Did you just answer your own question? No, that was a that was a statement. That was a statement. (laughs) I know that was a statement that answered your question from earlier. What was my question? (laughs) Why do these? 
why do these concerts? Why stream them instead of instead of polish them and have them up uploaded? Uh, uploaded. Yeah, yeah but are these con- do these concerts have a have a means uh, to create a community in the moment? Because that was I what think. was important. Which ones you're talking about? But I do I think, think they have a means to do that. Is I think they need to promote them better than they than they are. We mm. we know about them in our small niche of the world, right? I think that promotion should go out there more. But I do think they could create community. I mean, if, if we can get the word out. One thing that's happening right now that I um I didn't go this week, but I went last week. Um, Elizabeth Kowalski, um, who runs the Charlotte New Music Festival, is doing. Uh, like a new music open mic over Zoom. And um, unfortunately, uh, when I went, it was Zoom bombed and uh, like it was shut down for a little bit. Yeah, it was some 14 year old thought he was really funny. Um, But uh, I haven't experienced this yet. This is actually you're the you're the my one degree of separation. Do you want me to tell you what happened? Sure. I mean, yes. okay. Not so, lewd. a <laughs> it was a we're all zooming. It was a pianist and a guitar, uh, guitar duo. I cannot remember. In the moment, I recognized their name, but now I can't remember um, what uh, bigger ensemble they were coming from. Um, but they were they were doing a Charles Warren piece, and I was like, oh "Holy God. shit! This is going to be yeah. awesome! I am excited." Uh, I don't even really like Warren's music that much, but I just appreciated the fact that it was happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, they were like talking about their piece. They, they had control of the meeting and everything. And all of a sudden someone's like, Hey, I've got a question. And they're like, uh, 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 yes. And it was like, and the kid, obviously a kid from the voice says, who the fuck cares? And then took over the screen put porn on the screen, drew a swastika on the screen and started cussing everyone out. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth pretty much shut everything down, kicked everyone out. This is an issue with medium. Yeah, it is. It really is. Because you can't, you, you have to use something like a different platform in order to mitigate trolls like that although how great is it that <laughs> here we go Buckle i love up, where everybody. this is going no just like <laughs> charles warren and like extremely esoteric composer just gets like but also full great on with cat pictures yeah full-on trolled on the internet <laughs> posthumously f-bombs swastikas yeah 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 yeah, wow. yeah. i mean Man. all of that is all of the the specifics to that are horrible but right. like as a moment that's i mean yeah, it's, as, a, as a concept is that this the, is intriguing is that the digital uh amalgam of like the rite of spring riot or something not really but <laughs> oh. it's wow. what we have <laughs> we, we can only do what we can with what we have <laughs> but i i, I guess like I, I guess that I'm I'm really not convinced by this whole idea of streaming. And to your guys's point, like, what if this what if this somehow changes the landscape? I'm not excited for that change because uh, okay. I don't. What? For every one person who's really excited about it changing, there are a hundred and fifty symphony musicians who are not excited about the change. So you are in the majority. It'll be okay. <laughs> I was gonna say this. Something- what I think. Something is going to change. And it yeah. might be yeah. that there are more opportunities to do this. 
it might be that there are more pieces that are specifically planned to be premiered on platforms or, like or this. performed. Right. I'm actually yeah. writing the, the piece I mentioned last episode, um, the clarinet solo, which is essentially all I can focus on right now. Cause I can't hold a big piece in my head. Um, I'm hoping and that gets do... to what our topic is tonight, See, which we will come, say, which segue. we will come to after Jamie like finishes this shit <laughs> after Jamie finishes her point and we all go get another beer or drink or whatever. Thank you. We're yes, going to get there. This is looking slim. Um, and, but you know, I'm, I'm actually planning that piece for digital performance or, or actual, you know, live performance in person in a concert hall. Um, but I've approached it differently because I know that I might not have performances for six months. Um, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have music getting out there. And yeah, I did just post a new recording from the last piece that was premiered before everything shut down. And I have one or two more. Um, but yeah, I can't rely on those. Which one, which, which, which new piece, piece did you just I post? posted American Mother most recently. <laughs> I just put that on my listening list for my composers uh, that are writing their first song. So nice. <laughs> that it was, um... it was you. It, let me tell you, it, I, I also put your, um, oh, the one you wrote for Amanda. Um, Body Electric? No, no, the other one. Sample the rate. Sample rate. One. Sample Last rate. Years. Yeah, uh, I put those two pieces on in addition to uh, Dan Asia, Samuel Barber, and Aaron Copeland. Sorry, nice. that's a co- that's a combination. <laughs> no, I liked I I liked it because I thought it they they all kind of represented what I wanted them to do, which is to kind of not use one particular. And I know probably from you this is not the case, but I didn't want them to use one particular dogmatic approach to composition. I wanted them to kind of blur. And, um, mm. but I think sample well, rate does, uh, does that quite nicely. And I like sample I like, rates, a big blur. Yeah, <laughs> I like American mother too. But anyway, you just posted that you have more things to come. But at the same time, I, I want to keep planning new things for the future. Yeah. Actually, I finished sample rate a year ago today, about 10 days before the premiere. Congratulations. Nice. Absolutely. I mean, days. <laughs> I mean, you're responsible to be to be fair with all of you're my... responsible because you finished it prior to the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> it was so close. And I the, the last movement I finished was the easiest thing for them to put together. <laughs> you're so much better than Osvaldo Golihoff and Oliver Newsom. May he rest in peace. Wow. Because they were they were famously bad, horrible. At, uh, they are famously bad at meeting deadlines so it's it's fair i'm not perfect at it but vocalists they're like wow i got stuff from you ahead of schedule i i don't understand i'm still waiting for stuff from rob deemer and andrew oh yes that's um (laughs) yes yes there are there are there are vocalists who are waiting for things from me that jamie has finished like i sent it to him last (laughs) august he was like, I want to do this recital with pieces from you and Rob and Andrew. And I was like, cool, here it is. In my defense, <laughs> I always implore performers to never give a composer an open-ended deadline. Yeah. Always okay. give us a deadline. <laughs> so this is also kind of heading into what called you rent. Know, th- things we're going to talk about. So let's take a break. Uh, let's go get a beer or a drink okay. or a 
whiskey or a wine or whatever we're gonna get. I'm also gonna get more breast milk for when yes, my that's son important. Works out. Also important. Fair. This is Good not only know. over drinks for us. Do you like what you hear? Head on over to adjectivenewmusic.com to pick up this piece called Five Miniatures for Two Saxophones by Andrew Martin Smith. You can also find many other pieces by the Adjective New Music Composers Collective. So I am, I changed my mind when I heard the hail. <laughs> I've, I, I've got Cabo Wabo neat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. There it is. We are supposed to get snow in a day or two. And it was. I'm still thinking that's a lie. That can't be. It was too hot to run in all the layers I wore running today. So I just, I'm not processing it well. Well, since uh, Cherie has mentioned uh, change of mind, I have also had a change of mind, although it's still Evan Williams, but uh, Senza Ice. Yeah, there it is. Ooh, big Good man. job, right. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get some hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> I am Virtual <laughs> cheers. No, no. Yeah. Notice how Jamie was silent about that whole experience. Okay, yeah. uh, Garrett. I'm having a, uh, a Buzzsaw IPA by the wonderful Arbor Brewing Company, which has a location in Ypsilanti that I may walk to this weekend to go on a nice long walk and also restock because the beer supply is low. Mm-hmm. Oh, danger. Danger, yeah. yeah. I yeah. switched mm-hmm. to bourbon. You switched to bourbon? We don't have any I bourbon. S- I stayed with bourbon. Yeah. And this is the last but, glass. Oh, oh, we need I'll, a moment of silence. I'll save yes, it. Mo- okay, that was okay, enough. That was good. Okay. Rob, perhaps <laughs> perhaps you can write a requiem to the bourbon. <gasps> yes. Please I, make it for bass flute. <laughs> and, and make sure. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh so, my God. Jamie. You know my, theme, you know my theme song for this semester has been just the words, fuck it all, sung over taps. <laughs> fuck it all. 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 Oh, that's beautiful. In harmony. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where it's like we're musicians and composers. Fuck it all. Garrett, I haven't heard you. <laughs> Oh no. He has sleeping baby. <laughs> okay, right now oh, you, are, you are channeling every like fourth grade student's worst nightmare that is currently their waking oh, daymare or whatever that God. is. Jared, All right. So at Christmas Jared, welcome to your future. At Christmas this past uh I like year, the recorder. I don't know what your problem is. My mother gave recorders and not not crappy recorders either these are yamaha they're they're decent uh to our children and you know what they and oh well they can play them and she says this while smiling at me 
Oh yeah, they can play him. Oh, and I'm looking at Darling. her like you horrible person. And Darling. you know what? And you know you what they do? They run were around a with. Uh, yes, they run. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! I was a You're guitarist when I lived out. with them. No. You have best friends for a reason, and they're to call you on this shit. <laughs> My children run around with these in their mouth, just going. They're going to knock a tooth out. <laughs> I, oh. I went on a deep dive of um, 17th century English recorder music. Like Garrett, do ten, not be serious right now. Ten days ago. Do not. So I'm, no, I like, I'm I like really on the other side of this. <laughs> oh, Garrett, Andrew, honey, take a big old swig of whatever that drink was, okay? Andrew and uh, Sipka, our trio mm-hmm. partner, used to torture me. That Sipka had a set of wooden recorders, and the two of them would just go hog wild on Renaissance music while I hid upstairs under the bed with the cat. Man, playing some alto <laughs> recorder with her doing some soprano and sopranino. It was beautiful. I, but, thought, I thought it was beautiful. But Andrew, I will you s- will appreciate knowing this is a deep, dark secret. This is me coming out of the closet. <gasps> when I was a doctoral student and I had finished all the things you had to take... Mm-hmm. But I still wasn't done. You had to keep taking a few things. I took Renaissance recorder music with Matthew Durst. Oh my God. And got to play all the things. And we had great instruments that had just been given to the school. They were beautiful. Oh my God. Did you did you play bass recorder? No, I was one uh, of the mediums. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. It's fair. So I mean, Rob, I take it that the recorder being in your office is bad news for at least one of your children. <laughs> No, it, I just, I, it, I saw it laying around and I picked it up and I brought it down earlier. But I will say that I've learned a few tunes on this, you know, Ooh, like just not taps. the, uh, I figured it out. <laughs> I look at it as, as an, as an oral skills challenge, you know, there you go. like, there you go. um, but, uh, I don't know why, but you know, that song, um, uh, I, d- I don't even know how it goes, but uh, in the middle of it, it's like. Oh, the Andrea Bocelli. Yes, yes, I learned yeah. that yeah. on the recorder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would play it on our speaker system, our Sono speaker system, and I would play along with it. It was fantastic. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. uh, Jamie, before we yes. went to get new drinks, which have evidently taken effect already, um, <laughs> you were you were talking about um, something that I kind of want to get into. You're writing a clarinet uh, piece right now because you said that's like the only that's basically that's all the brain. bandwidth you have for right yeah. now. So yeah. t- so it's uh, getting better. Talk talk about that a little bit. We our our topic. Um, which we're just getting around to now, like, and we're already what uh, <laughs> an, an hour, hour and a half and in, seven minutes in, um, something like that, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, our topic was, you know, for composers, like, there, you, there is a lot of this. This is a crisis. There's a lot of bad things uh, spewing at you from your phone every day, or from your TV, yeah. or your computer, or whatever. How do you? be creative. We talked about this a couple uh uh episodes ago when I was like I I'm feeling like a pressure to, you know, oh, use this time to create. Do it now, do it now, do it now. I've gotten mm-hmm. over that, but there still is like like you guys say this Twitter has two. <laughs> yeah. Um but 
this is our foreseeable future for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just, oh, we're getting a, a three-week quarantine until this blows over. No, like, right. we still, you've still, like, for me, I've still got to feel like I'm doing something. So yeah. I've got to figure out how to work within it. So I wanted you to talk about, like, you know, kind of choosing your projects based on well, I'm, how you're feeling. Based on, yeah. Um, I'm really glad you used the term bandwidth. And I can't remember if you and I have, like, talked through this before. But it's essentially the way I teach my students to consider each hour they they uh, um, kind of assign themselves to compose and in a normal circumstance you know we're constantly asking them to improve their endurance for composing on a week-to-week basis that shouldn't just be when the muse strikes that's a very amateur way of approaching Mm -hmm. this and and that's good you know because because amateurs should have a method for creation as well but the difference between an amateur and a professional is not necessarily style sometimes right right Mm -hmm. it shouldn't always depend on training sometimes it's just discipline and so uh, you know over the course of four years i believe that it's our job to train young young composers to move from the side of of this kind of needle (laughs) pointing towards you know one on the richter scale being when the muse strikes inspiration yeah, 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 I right. didn't yeah. feel like it or I felt right. like it. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have to be able to move them over to a point where it doesn't matter what's going on in their lives. They have a commission with assigned parameters and they have to fulfill that within a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we should be working over the course of four years to help them improve their endurance. And a lot of the reading I've done from this is on, on you know, I'm, I am not into sports, but I am into training. And over the past few years, I've read more and more on how running and how strength training, you know, you, how you condition yourself to be able to do this. And there's so, so much overlap with how we train musicians um, in both practice. You know, you can't just hand a student a bassoonist, a student bassoonist an instrument and say, go practice for four hours in one day. <laughs> That's right. how injuries occur. And we can't just tell student composers we expect you to compose for two hours a day as freshmen. They are they don't know how to do lost. It. Exactly, yeah, right. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So most of my focus on this has been how to increase bandwidth over time. So what I've really come up with is is my own system of you know when I sit down to compose, I evaluate my own energy level and my own capacity to create, and there's always something to be done. Every composition is usually in one of three states. It's in its planning state, it's in its active state, or it's in its editing state. And I always have the energy level for one of those states. So if I sit down and I am ready to go, I've got ideas, I have energy, I usually go for the active, that middle ground, the heavy lifting of the composition process, which is notes and rhythms and expression markings. Decision making, right? Decision Decision making. making, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. But if I sit down and I haven't composed yet and it's it's 1030 at night, um, probably going for the editing phase. Yeah. And then I kind of just evaluate on a day to day basis. That way there's little progress on many projects throughout the course of every single week. There's never a time where I don't feel like from one 
Saturday to the next, which is the day that I check in on my own progress, um, that there hasn't been any momentum on anything. Can I interject for a moment here? Because yeah. because there was an epiphany I made about a decade ago <laughs> when one of my teachers, um, one of my teachers had like religiously told me you should only work on one piece at a time, one piece at a time. And and for those of you who know me, I work on a lot of pieces at a time. And I finally figured out what that teacher was trying to tell me. It wasn't that I should be working on one piece. It should be that that one piece should be at a different stage of the compositional yeah. process than the other pieces. And for yes. the for the reason that Jamie is talking about, when when I no longer have the energy to make decisions, I have another piece that needs to be edited. I have another piece that needs to be thought about a little more, you know, I, that I could do on a walk, you know, so, something like that where I can still be creative and, and actively composing or working on a project, but in a different way. A oh, walk or I, whistling around the apartment. I cannot like this or agree with this enough. This is, I think this is super, super important. And I think mm -hmm. it's something that our students don't understand a lot of. Yeah. Um, I was having this very conversation today in slightly different words with a student in a lesson about we're going to start a challenge, which is a challenge that, that I was inspired by Andrew and Jamie two or three years ago now um, that they came up with. And I'm modified for high school students. And I myself need right now because I have not been able to compose for two weeks. I hear you. I was on, I was on a roll. I was just churning out things. It was going great. And then all of a sudden this hit me and I just for two weeks, but, but I'm giving myself the grace of saying I'm walking at two weeks. I've had two weeks off. Yeah. Mm. And we're going to start a challenge and, and we're going to build back up into this. And the conversation I was having with the student today was that the, the students are going to do it with me again, and they're going to get to choose their own amount of time this time. This is the third time we've done the challenge this year. Okay. Mm. And if they choose, for example, if they choose two hours, then they don't have to spend all, you know, you, you all know this, they don't have to spend all of that two hours on one piece. Yep. And mm -hmm. my young student who's a junior in high school right now was overwhelmed by this. He'd never even considered that he yeah. might decide to designate, I'm going to spend 30 minutes every day on this one piece that's in its infancy, and I'm going to spend an hour on this piece that's really chugging along and at its peak. And I'm going to spend 30 minutes either listening or thinking about new possible pieces. It never even occurred to him yeah, yeah, to take whatever amount of time. And even though we've had two challenges where I say divide it up in these ways, <laughs> the key to education the third is time is the charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, know. Yeah. I think what you said is, is that, that statement about giving yourself the grace is something yeah. that, we don't talk about all that frequently. And guilt is a huge demotivator. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, there's so many people who are approaching a deadline in panic and their guilt about not starting sooner shuts down the entire process. Right. So one of my own, like, composition mottos that, that kind of floats around on a weekly basis is that I know I work really hard. And I know that, in particular, last year... I worked harder than I think I've worked in my entire life. I yeah. Um, yeah, you did. 
I was I was writing a book at the same time. I was doing one of the biggest commissions of my life. Um, I was terrified about all of it. I felt really imposter syndrome about both projects. Um, and I, I think that's the new way we're going to say that, by the way. Im- imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it ha- needs a Y on the end. Um, but I, 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 without a doubt, know how hard that I can work. But when I spend six hours watching Netflix, I know I probably needed it. And mm-hmm. so my, yeah. my deal with myself, I made this five years ago, I think, or four years ago, somewhere around that time frame. My deal with myself is I work as hard as I can, as often as I can. But when I need downtime, I don't even think about forgiving myself anymore because I don't need to apologize for it. Yeah. I love you, that. You need to yeah. have a break. So totally, yesterday totally. for me... Yesterday, this is our first week back teaching. So today was our third day back teaching. Yesterday, day two, I get to about, I don't remember what time it was. Let's say it was two or three o'clock in the afternoon. I had been teaching almost nonstop from nine to that time. And now I'm done. And I sat down on the couch and I pulled a blanket over myself. Was it nap time? Please tell me it was nap time. <laughs> About an hour later it was. And I began, I, am, I have decided to take on the challenge of watching all the Marvel comic movies and television <gasps> shows. Too. Do not judge me. No, 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 in, no, I'm doing that too. In date Why? order. So I am, I am re-watching Agent Carter right now. Ooh. Nice. And I, put, and I didn't move from that couch for six hours. Now, any, <laughs> anybody who knows me, I don't actually watch that much TV, and don't judge me for that. We it, don't. It takes a lot for me to sit down on that couch mm-hmm. for that long, and it probably means I'm pretty depressed. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Which is yeah. also not really part of my personality. So, so today I woke up, I was in a great mood, and I was thinking about it. And it was like, you know what? It's okay. Just, you had a day. Yep. Take the day. Move on. Yeah. yeah. I think when this started, everybody expected that we'd all have this unstructured time. But what we don't understand is that humans are actually horrible at unstructured time. Really, <laughs> I mean, really, absolutely. really horrible. And how yeah. much the online teaching took out of me. And you oh, have known oh, this. You're God. three weeks yeah. into this. But now here I am on day three. Yeah, yeah. So I am just catching up. The first thing up. I told my students was that w- when we taught, when you read, uh, Charles Duhigg wrote a book about the power, or it's called The Power of Habit, and it's how to create good habits or break bad ones. And it takes a month to create one new good habit or to break one bad one. Now we're trying to create a, a day's worth of habits and run them all at the same time. We will fail. Well, and here's what I was saying. Like, Cherie, you're like, this is week one. This is week three for some of us. Yeah. And I'm still, there's still a learning curve. Let's put it that way in terms of yeah. how, how certain types of things like, like, uh, Rob McClure. No, no, no. Finish. <laughs> I, I finish it. No, no, that was, that was the end of my okay. thought where it's like, there, there's still a learning curve. Yeah. So today in, in my theory class, like I have been, Starting the class, I, I joined the the team's session early, so I'm the first one there. I open it up for everyone, and you know they can come in when they want to, and when it's time to start, we start. But I play because I've got you know the um, the loopback system where I can play my system audio over to them. Uh, I've been playing like whatever I'm listening to at the moment. So some intro music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would do that in class too. Like they'd be exactly. walking in, and yeah. I'd be playing like you know, the roots or 
whatever I'm listening to at the at the current moment. So I've been really getting into the most recent album by Little Dragon. And it, oh my God, it grooves so fucking hard. <laughs> so I was listening to that today and I was just like, you know, I was just kind of grooving. Like no one's talking. We're all there. We're all, and I'm just on screen like doing this. So we start class and I'm like, uh, doing, uh, giving some examples and playing some stuff on my keyboard. And about 20 minutes into class, they say, Dr. McClare, we can't hear what you're playing. Oh, oh, for real? <laughs> Wait. Oh, I know what happened. I didn't, I didn't go and switch my, uh, the, the input to this virtual device. Oh my God, guys! Did you see me just dancing around with no music? <laughs> with no music. <laughs> oh. This is awesome. <laughs> Please don't make a meme of me. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh, okay. But, so, sidebar for yes, a moment. Like sidebar for three, a moment three because weeks because. In. Uh, yeah. yeah, still having some uh, some yeah. learning curve. We had well, this. This is the. Fourth week that my school has been in online instruction, and uh, like yesterday or the day before, someone was there. There have been a lot of university wide emails, and somebody like responded, like, Please don't reply all to these emails. And like, we've been doing this for four weeks, yeah. like, don't we know what's going on? Nope, yeah. nope. Well, well, here's the last part of my story. So, oh, I, go ahead. so yeah. I sit down on the couch. I pull up the blanket. I don't move for six hours. My daughter, who we've talked about on the podcast, who is online learning herself. And Your private bartender. Teachers, my, who won't be now because she's online oh, in class no. at this moment. Oh. I've lost my bartender. Um, she's, in, she's in this 5 to 10 p.m. class. Well, she has a break. And she comes upstairs in her class and she says, Mom... Did you make anything for dinner? Is there something in here for me to eat on my oh. on my break? And I said, I've got the gummy bears over here on the couch with me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just not a good day. No, no. Oh my god! I you know, I keep it. making meal plans because we at the beginning of this plan, I planned four weeks worth of meals, and then we decided that what we were going to do is essentially like buy another week's worth of groceries every week and kind of stay ahead of our of our shopping. And so we should have, you know, a stock downstairs at all times. Um, it's a good plan. It's, it's a great plan. <laughs> there are some nights I just look at him and I'm like, pasta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pasta. Like, Thank God he's Italian. Um, <laughs> see, but yeah, there's just, you can't, I stress all the time. Like, for example, another thing is I, I know that we haven't done. I know that I haven't done the lexical tones posts as much as I should have for this past week. And, I, and I know that, like, I'm expecting a text from Rob. <laughs> I know this, it's coming. This is but the I also, atonement segment. <laughs> Corona atonement. I also thought if this came up tonight, I was going to send Rob a screenshot of my conversation with Annie Nykirk last night because I sent her a text. Now she's, you know, like four weeks from 9, her due months yeah. pregnant. She feels, right, yeah. she's, Probably she's freaking out right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. She's 
a little stressed about the hospital situation, yeah. her family traveling to watch her daughter while, mm. while that, she's in the hospital. Yeah, no. You know, she and I have had this yeah. long conversation about this. And I sent her a, conver- a, a text that was just like, I have 10 tabs open. I'm answering emails, trying to c- recruit new adjective members, um, doing a, a design thing for something else. And she was like, Jamie, go read a book and go to bed. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I, I, like, I needed permission at 1030 or 11 o'clock at night to stop. Yeah. You know, right? because I do have that mentality of I will work until I can't anymore. And that's just not sustainable. Yeah. Right yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, honestly, so it's not anytime. good for sleep. If you do yeah. that, I mean, I'm yeah. waking up every night at like two in the morning and then three in the morning because I can't shut my brain down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for two or three days now, I have not turned on the news mm. and I have been better for it. And we all know this. Yeah. But truly, truly. I have slept better. I have been by and large in a better disposition. Can I recommend yeah, that's, an that's alternative fair. to the news? More tequila? Uh, that, well, Yes. I mean, I'm never going to say no to that, but uh, John Krasinski on YouTube has a YouTube show called Some Good News. It is phenomenal. It is just joy. Kate and I watched it during our lunch break uh, yesterday, and it was it was just great. Some good news. Go check it out. I haven't I haven't had the like so much anxiety at night that I can't either get to sleep or stay asleep since I was running a summer festival in Italy. And can I tell y'all how glad I'm, mm-hmm. I am that I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, that. so Jamie, yeah. I think you, I don't, I don't know if we talked about it or, or you posted about it or something, but you, I, you had said that like, I can only write this clarinet piece right now because it's all I, it's all I have within me right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so this is, my bandwidth. Yeah, right. And I I thought about that, and I really took it to heart because I'm supposed to be writing a flute quartet right now. I, I have, I, you know, there, there are some things on the page. Um, mm-hmm. But I just got to a point where I was like, it was my, my Tuesdays and Thursday mornings are my times to work. They have been my times to work all semesters. So I've, I've even in this, I've been trying to still protect those times. And I got to the Thursday morning and I was just like, I don't have it. I really, really mm-hmm. don't have it right now. And I ended up doing something that if I, I would never tell my students to do this. <laughs> Let me just preface Maybe it with that. you should. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> but uh, Seamus put out that call for like miniatures for their CD project. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, you know what? I bet I could write a fixed media mono miniature. Yeah. I bet I could do that right now. And I did. Over over the last yeah. like ten or seven days or whatever, I like that was within me to like uh, because I think it, it, you know, when you're working in the EA medium, you have that immediate feedback. You have some gratification that this is actually the way it's going to be. It's not so much doubt in yourself, like, is this mm-hmm. really going to work? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, I don't think you saw this, Rob, but uh, that that clarinet piece that I'm writing. Part of the reason that I'm, I'm like compelled to keep while I'm working on it, I posted it on Facebook. It's dedicated to all the Andrews in my life because <laughs> they all play clarinet. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I have Andrew Smith, who I married. We have the Fredonia professor, Andrew Seidel. Fredonia clarinet. I know, right? I know. That's, um, a, that's a shock him? to us all. <laughs> Andrew Sprung, who's a grad school friend of ours also. And by the way, all of these are Andrew S's so far. Um, can and I? Kier, who's Andrew also Kier, a grad school. And Andy Hudson. And I feel like I'm mm. missing one of them. Well, you are missing one amount. that you know that has played your music that does not play clarinet. <gasps> Andrew Nogle. <gasps> Andrew Nogle. Andrew Nogle. Yeah, I know. I feel what bad about, that Andrew is left Andrew- out of that. What about Andrew Cote, adjective, music <laughs> member? We, we can give him a percussionist. <laughs> Who is a percussionist? So I you know, feel- Rob, you you said something a minute ago about um, you always carve out Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. It 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 only occurred to me when you said that that I always composed in the morning and then I would go to work, and because of my online schedule needing to be what it is to because I got kids all over the world. I start at 9 a.m. now, and I go straight with basically no break until about 2 every day. So it hadn't even occurred to me that my time has changed. Yeah. My time of day has changed. changed. Well, I have an eight-week-old son. (laughs) And it's funny because... You're in your own kind of, not crisis, but... Twilight. No, but, no, but it's funny because like two months ago or in January or whatever, we did a whole podcast about how yeah, there's no way that I'll compose anything for the next year, basically. But I found I've actually been writing more in the last couple weeks. I have like a practice of when in in the overall family, like when a new kid comes that I try to write a piece about it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. With numerological like things based on when they were born and that sort of thing and uh, george crumb we had a uh sets sets and the whatnot i mean (laughs) i i'm not gonna compare myself to george crumb but i will it's fine (laughs) that's 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 really flattering um no like and and actually since isaac was born on february 10th uh my sister-in-law had a daughter, so we have a new niece. Oh, who is, congratulations! Yeah, who is uh, maybe five, four or five weeks younger than than Isaac, our son. But uh, and so like I have a little idea for that, and I just found like performing more really helped. Like I I'm a horrible pianist, mm-hmm. but I have a ton of piano music, and I was just I just set myself down, and I was like, I'm going to play as much as I can out of the Fitzwilliam virginal book as possible. Cause I have both volumes and, uh, that really like got things going. So I'm, I'm writing little piano pieces and that sort of thing, but yeah. It's, and it's, go, so, sorry, finish that. No, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. So, sorry. <laughs> I j- jumped in, but, um, it's very excited. I, I am very excited because like this, and the re- the only reason why I felt okay about doing this project for a competition, like knowing that that's a that's traditionally a bad idea, um, mm-hmm. is because that it kind of kickstarted like you know I've been telling students specifically grad students like you know what you should do you know it'd be cool that I haven't seen anyone do uh in, in you know in in a real meaningful way recently. Electroacoustic miniatures. That'd be cool. You should do that. And I keep giving this idea away and no one ever does it. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. This is what I'm doing. Hot damn, that's your idea. <laughs> well, I think for me, like, I I don't... Sorry for stepping over you, Rob. I you stepped, stepped over, over you. Me, so, so turnabout is fair play. <laughs> but, uh, um, like, for me, I haven't had, like, I, I haven't had a, a lot of commissions in the last year. Yeah. And so I haven't had a lot of, like, I need to structure time doing this because I have to finish this piece. And something that has always energized my composition is connections with people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. so I have, I have like, whether it's a performer that I've worked with. So literally the last, one of the last pieces that I did for public performance was this piece for Megan Enon and Alan Tyson. Yes. And I've written yep. like f- four or five pieces for Megan and and I've written pieces for people in my life and stuff. And we have a, we have a great friend um, and neighbor in our neighborhood who is a amazing poet whose poetry I've set. And like one of the pieces on the horizon, now is a piece using her text, which it's, it's like, you have to find what is going to motivate you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, Absolutely. what is, what is that? What is that like fulcrum in your creative gravitational pull that's going to do it and andrew oh oh uh, thank you for calling on me garrett uh because you had multiple people of, you could have called on but but i'm cuter um so that's that's <laughs> what evan oh, williams fuck. talking <laughs> <laughs> go ahead um sheree and i are not involved um uh, actually actually all of all of you have talked about what i'm about to say at at least once in some way are we getting the wrap up rob no this is no 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 unless you want me to no whatever i don't we'll just splice this at the end uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I don't have drops ready um, <laughs> so the the idea here that that each of you have mentioned, so Garrett and and Cherie and Rob and Jamie, you've all talked in some way about this idea of inertia, right? Uh, um, uh, Cherie, you talked about how you you were going, you know, guns blazing um, to use a really poor metaphor, but it works. Uh, and and then suddenly this happens, and it just completely saps the momentum. And Garrett, you're talking about creating uh, through personal connection this kind of synergy that allows you to kind of push through. It, like each of you are coming at this idea, and it's one of the things that I talk to my students about this this idea of decision-making being the the hardest thing for a composer to actually approach. And when we are dealt a hand by fate that kind of takes us off guard, our ability to make decisions is actually compromised. Uh And one of the ways to mitigate choice overload is to literally condition yourself again to make choices, to make choices faster, to make choices better, to make choices, to, to make choosing easier. And so part of that conditioning has to do with make easy choices first. Yeah. And so you're, you're all talking about this idea of bandwidth, mm-hmm. uh, maybe scaling back. And that, that's not in terms of scope, it, it, like an aspect, scaling back in some way. Rob, you're talking about this kind of miniature EA, mono, like there's a scaling back mm-hmm. or, or an attainable short-term goal. You're making choices yes. that, that will 
produce this synergy for you to keep creating. And yeah. that's exactly it. It was short term. And like mm-hmm. you said before, you know, it had a deadline. It had mm, to yeah. be done yesterday by midnight. <laughs> and it yeah. was. Yeah. About yeah. 10 hours early, but it was. Um, Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. Golf clap. Golf clap. Um. So so now we know that it was it was like two p.m. tomorrow yesterday when you went to the brewery to get more growlers or something. No, they're closed on Tuesdays. Oh, okay. Oh. They're closed Monday, Tuesday. I went on Sunday to get these. You know that um, piece uh, of mine, Rob nine hundred one Rush, the little soprano saxophone piece the that's 30 thirty second, second long. piece. I, I don't I don't know that one, but <clears throat> you oh, don't really? know that one. Okay, and so. we're gonna listen to it right here. that awesome so before we go back to the podcast we're going to listen to another one of the movements by andrew martin smith from his five miniatures for two saxophones so while we're listening to that go ahead and go onto itunes give us a like subscribe comment that'd be awesome let us know if you like these episodes especially if you've made it to this part of the podcast we're back (laughs) okay so i wrote that for a competition when i was in the master's program at bowling green and um it was like a 
a a competition that was based in like Sweden or something. (laughs) And it was supposed to be the length of this elevator ride. They were celebrating the elevator. Literally, I'm not making this shit up. Um, I'm sorry that that doesn't happen more often. In fact, that's awesome. It had to be um, playable on flute, soprano saxophone, or or clarinet. clarinet. Mm -hmm. Um, It works really well on soprano saxophone, though. So I I had it premiered. It obviously didn't win the competition because I don't even remember the competition's name anymore. (laughs) Sweden might have been the country, but it it might not be. I don't remember. It was a very long time ago. But um, we it was premiered by Jim Fusick on this student composer forum that at was Bowling Green State University. Three hours long. It was a long concert. You were the highlight and of the concert, weren't you? No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I was in between these two like 15 minutes. Monolithic. Huge pieces. And Jim walked out, played this little flippy saxophone piece because it's about an elevator. So I wrote naturally 901 Rush is about 901 AM when you're running late to work and the elevator's stopping on every fucking every floor. floor. <laughs> and it's just taking even longer to get to where you're going. And so there's this little part where you're hearing the ding of the elevator. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Fuck. Um... Tell me he says that in the piece. No, he doesn't. Tell me he it doesn't. goes bing, 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 bing. Fuck. <laughs> no, but now you got me thinking. Um, Revision. <laughs> Creativity. So at the end of this concert, one of the doctoral students in composition walks up to me, Mihai, and I will never forget this interaction between him. He, he walks up to me and goes, Jamie, your piece was this little ray of sunshine that saved us all. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I believe in the power of miniatures. Who, who hasn't been there during a composition disciple? Yeah. <laughs> and you're and you're a little tired and you're looking at how many are left. And uh, I know. Oh, there are four left. And then one of them goes zooming by and you're like, yep. Ooh, check, check. That was lovely. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. We needed you. We salute you. I mean, to be to be perfectly honest, that I mean, not just with like shortness, but um, uh, your piece just being different from everything else. Yeah. Like that totally happened to me at Seamus in uh in Boston. Um. Mm. I was on a concert where everyone was loud and noisy and, you know, and mine was just this very subtle, uh, quiet uh, piece. I swear to God, I I had like, I had so many people come up to me afterwards just because, and I, I don't pretend that my piece was better in any way. It's just that it was different. Though. Cont- right, it was right. different. Context it stood out. Important. Context is everything. Yeah. Programming is oh so important. Well, yeah. and you just Programming. reminded me um, of something yeah. that was I was going to say earlier, and I've lost it. Oh, dear. Bring it back. What did you well, have to start if that? We're, if we're plugging... How did you start that? I was just no, going to say, if we're plugging pieces... Please, no, please, let's do I'm, it. So the... the the little pieces I'm I'm writing now are piano miniatures by conception, oh. and in the adjective catalog under <gasps> Gary Schumann, you can find a different <laughs> set of piano miniatures. I've always been very fond of the miniature format. Me too. So and but uh, every so- time you go to Garrett Schumann in the adjective catalog, you have to do a tequila shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Weirdly, in my contract, I can't believe you knew Andrew, that. Andrew, we need to add new disclaimers to the website. <laughs> it's 
Really? Any alcohol poisoning suggested by the Lexical Tones podcast is uh, completely on, yes, on the shoulders is, well, of... Well, I, I had put it forth as a... Of Rob as, as a anti-piracy <laughs> biometric it. component. Oh, nice. To, to prevent bots, because a bot uh, can't take a tequila shot. Exactly. <laughs> wow. wow. No, this is, this is actually so good in a lot of ways. I mean... Um, uh, the, Here's the, the wrap idea, up. Oh, oh, would you like? Because I can do it. Um, the no, the idea of of the miniature that next week's episode is going to be. Oh my God, Jamie remembered what she was thinking about. <laughs> that <laughs> will be. We could, do a, we could do an audio bonus, a little a little treat, a dangling modifier. We could resurrect <gasps> those. We should resurrect oh, the dangling modifier yes. for this moment. Yeah. No. Um. No. The the. <laughs> The ideas that we've kind of that we've kind of uh, kicked around uh, during the second half of this podcast, wherein we are gummy bears on the couch. Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry. The the um the ways to get yourself reengaged and and connected to the composing process. Uh, uh, Creating artificial deadlines, uh, creating connections with people external to yourself, uh, uh, creating opportunities for you to explore things that you haven't, but in all of it, in a limited scope. Limited is to the word, get yeah. you back into exercising yeah. the creative muscles, to get you yeah. just rolling that synergy of creativity back in your life, because that's in the end, what will become the new quote unquote normal for our circumstances. A couple of years ago, I started saying there is no such thing as normal. Yeah. You know, I, I used to believe that I would have a normal week and I'd mm. be able to catch up on email. Yeah. That was my first, <laughs> that was my first year as youth orchestra coordinator for Toledo symphony. And I feel like I said that at every staff meeting and like three years later, I realized there's just no such thing. We have to roll with the punches and um, unfortunately, this is this is one of them. You you don't have to create during this crisis if you can't if you don't have the capacity. Please forgive yourself right now yeah. and go do what you need to do. But um, at the same time, if you feel the need to keep on creating, then there's a way to lower the bar and reaccelerate later. You know, we well, can and, create, and, to, and to honor it and yeah. to honor it yeah, and to exactly. honor it in the only way that you can. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think history tells us that composers have always done this kind of thing have, and, and, but the, the history that's taught to us in music school is like not, nothing like that. You know, it's a slightly skewed. Yeah. And <laughs> history is a lot messier than you tell us. Yeah. It's skewed in a lot of ways. Uh, but like, I think about, Kanla Nankuro, like being like, well, no one will play my music, so I will refurbish these player pianos, player pianos. And write music for the player pianos. Or Vivaldi, when he was uh, during the summer opera festivals in Venice, they would be like, hey, will you write us an opera in two weeks because uh, this other <laughs> opera sucks? You know, <laughs> like people are composers have always reacted to the circumstances around them. It's just rarely, or or like all the composers of African descent or w women composers who like their mm -hmm. only opportunity was to write like a piece in this genre or in something this, like in that. In this particular niche, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not like the holy thing that is given to us and like we're really experience, experiencing that right now where it's like 
how what's like the 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 like crawling through the mud way that I'm gonna get this piece to happen yeah. in you the know? trenches exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, I think we had a great conversation yeah talked a lot of, uh, about things that are Ho- pertinent to hopefully uh, people made right? it this far I mean the the well, really it's, pertinent it's stuff doubtful. only occurred way <laughs> way into the episode so <laughs> if you made it this far you're a true fan and you should go like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what we should probably put a discount code up on our website for you oh right at this Ooh. moment right here Ooh. yes Ooh. an easter how egg how about how about true loyalty 20 i love this all caps discount. and you can use it on the adjective store for anything you feel like Ooh, that was boy. true loyalty 20 true loyalty mm-hmm. 20 for 20 percent off a score Ooh, all caps i love, love it your order let's just say your order um we hope you're all staying well and that this hasn't affected you too much. It's affected us all, but no, we hope you haven't lost anyone and and um, yeah, that stay you're staying healthy. safe and healthy. And hopefully, I mean, I know for myself, the podcasts that I listen to every Monday when they drop, it is it's a kind of joy in my life. So hopefully, if mm-hmm. you are a fan of this show, when this comes out, it's a joy in yours. I know that we're all having a great time getting together every basically every Wednesday night to make these so thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon thanks for listening as always if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones please go to our website www.adjectivenewmusic.com